0: Hi, welcome back to the Recovery Daily Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Abassi. I'm a grateful recovering alcoholic and stroke survivor. Today is day 21 of the Plank Challenge, and I am going to lead by example, <laughs> and this is how I'm going to do it. I have decided that a goal of five minutes is not good for my body. So I am going to switch my goal to three minutes. And I think that it is brave to acknowledge when your body needs to uh, be taken care of and that you're pushing it too hard. And I was pushing it too hard. So um, this month, I'm going to go for... Three minutes instead of five minutes, so I really commend any of you who are going for five minutes because, um, I mean, I did it several years ago. Um, gosh, how long's it been? I guess seven years ago or something like that. I did five minutes, but my body's a lot different post stroke and all of this stuff, so. I'm going to go for three minutes. So there you have it. Uh, So our three-minute folks are going to be doing 110 seconds today, and our five-minute folks are doing 150 seconds again today. So this is the same as yesterday, same time frame. Um, So good luck. Good luck. And don't be afraid to say when if you need to say when, and that's what I'm doing today. So this episode is dedicated to my loving children. (laughs) I want to scare them (laughs) into sleeping more. So here we go. Repetition, they say, is the mother of all learning. So who is they? I don't, I don't really know. Honestly, I looked and a bunch of people say it. So, um, but now we know why. Now we know why repetition is the mother of all learning. Um, It's this consistent repetition that strengthens the neural pathways in our brains. And this is a concept known as neuroplasticity. I talked a lot about neuroplasticity Months ago, when I was uh, dipping and dabbling in vision therapy uh, prior to coming to the realization that vision therapy might not be for me right now, uh, I'd like to find out what's wrong with me before we try to uh, put myself through misery, not knowing if it's actually going to fix anything. So neuroplasticity is the science behind our ability to learn everything from playing the piano to mastering voiceover, which is what I'm doing over this 30 the past, I guess, two a uh, week or so, anyway. Um, up until March fifteenth. That's my goal. I'm gonna be mastering voiceover. And I take this course a little bit at a time each day and do some practicing. So what I'm doing is actually um, hoping that neuroplasticity will get me to be a master of voiceover. But what I also learned from my psychiatrist this week was that We also need to unlearn habits, and we do this through a process called synaptic pruning. And synaptic pruning is like cleaning house of the old unwanted habits to make way for new. And uh, so I started looking into this a bit, and... This week, a couple nights ago, I was listening to the meditation on the Calm app, where Tamara Levitt shared a quote, and she said, "Your mind is a garden. Your thoughts are seeds. You can grow flower, or oops, sorry, you can grow flowers, or you can grow weeds." And it got me thinking about how we cultivate our mental gardens and the critical role that sleep has in that process. And I'm really focused on sleep right now. I'm trying to build a new habit. I had been staying up too late, uh, working on the podcast and then posting it on social media and realizing that I'm working against my recovery by doing that. So uh, the past two days, I may have confused some people. I know my sissy was a little confused. I recorded uh, earlier in the day, the past two days. Um, so if you check the, uh, the app at a certain time every day, you might have either had two um, that were new, or you were delayed in getting one. So that's why I've been switching up my time a little bit as I try to um, get myself to go to bed earlier. And so, um, so I've been focused a lot on sleeping, and I was thinking, what really happens in the brain when we don't get enough sleep? And aside from feeling like a zombie, lack of sleep can wreak havoc on our brains. And I think this is pretty much understood. We all know it's bad for us, but what's actually going on? And, um, you know, they have research that shows it impairs cognitive functions. Again, that's pretty obvious because when we're trying to do hard things like Take a test in college after we've stayed up all night studying. Um, it's it's hard. <laughs> I I still fail the test whether I don't study at all or I stay up all night and and study. So, um, but but over the long term, lack of sleep can uh, up the ante for some pretty serious neurological diseases like Alzheimer's. So one study, uh, scientists observed that when we sleep, our brains are anything but idle. They're, they're buzzing with activity. So I'm going to mispronounce these things, but that's okay because I can say whatever I want. It's my podcast. So there's these cells called microglial, microglial. My- microglial I probably could have typed that into Google and had it pronounce it for me but we're going to go with my microglial cells and these are ones that respond to tissue injury or disease and they're the most prominent immune cells of the central nervous system and they are the first to respond when something goes wrong in our brain um they remove pathogens and damaged cells. They clear out old, tired, unused cells. So when we're kids, like when we're, I think, two years old to ten years old, we have um, an overabundance of of brain cells, I guess. Um, I'm, I'm t- totally going to wreck this explanation, but... As we get older, up to, up until the age of 10, it said, um, our brain is like b- building up strength between cells that are being used and then cleaning out the stuff that's not being used. And it's, it's trying to make our thinking more efficient and all. So there's so much happening. You know how they say that your brain is a sponge when you're younger? That's why. Because you have an overabundance of, of all of the stuff needed to create all these connections and everything. And as you start to build them, the stuff that you're not using gets cleaned out totally wrecked that. But anyway, you know what I'm saying. And um, so these, these type of glial cells called astrocytes, um, they clean up these synaptic connections. So astrocytes make up the majority of the cells in the human central nervous system. They perform the tasks that keep balance in all of our systems, and they perform neuroprotective tasks like defending our central nervous system against injury um, in the case of things like a stroke or neurodegenerative disorders like uh, Alzheimer's. So these astrocytes, they clear out, they clear away at excess neurotransmitters and they stabilize and regulate the blood brain barrier and the blood brain barrier is the is this kind of wall that like keeps harmful stuff away from our brains. And the astrocytes also promote synapse formation and synapses are the places where the neurons connect and communicate with each other. So the, the process of these astrocytes doing their work is impacted by disease and aging and our environment and sleep, to name a few. So when we don't get enough sleep, this is what's interesting to me. When we don't get enough sleep, this house cleaning pro- process in our brains goes into overdrive so the astrocytes are so active when we are sleep deprived that they are not only getting rid of damaged cells but also perfectly normal ones too so it's like our brain is actually starting to self cannibalize and it's like a frenzy you know, inside our brains. And it's been linked to neurodegeneration. So we not only feel like a zombie when we don't get enough sleep, our brains are actually becoming zombie like. Um, so your brain's eating itself, kids. <laughs> when you don't get enough sleep, your brain is eating itself. And that's how I plan to scare my kids in this episode. <laughs> In my life, I have felt the extraordinary effects of sleep deprivation, particularly the years and years when I was actively drinking, staying up as late as I possibly could until I just plain old passed out, and then getting up like two hours later for work driving an hour and a half into work and then training a class all day and then driving an hour and a half back home and starting to drink again. Um, As someone now managing a mild cognitive disorder, I have noticed that sleep is my ally in being able to speak more easily. I find that if I don't get enough sleep, I have a harder time finding my words. Um, I have a harder time focusing, whether it's focusing aud- audibly, focusing visually, or focusing mentally, all of them. Um, and I'm super sensitive to it now. Um after I had my stroke. It really affects me quickly if, I, if I'm not taking care of myself. So um, even when I do get enough sleep, in order for me to listen, um, you know, to really listen and ingest information well, I have to close my eyes and concentrate on if it's a lot of heavy information, um, I have to really close my eyes and focus on what I'm hearing. And I guess I'm visualizing it. I'm visualizing what I'm hearing, which I've, I haven't really been able to articulate what I'm doing and why I have to close my eyes. But if I have my eyes open, it's a distraction. Um And I guess it's just because I've always been a visual learner. I've always been actually both. I needed both. But now I'm learning how to be an audible learner. And in order to do that, I have to close my eyes so that I can create the visualization that I no longer can uh, observe with my eyes. So listening to things like voiceover enjoying a football game this stuff is a learned skill in my stroke recovery and without enough sleep I I can't I just plain old can't do it and um, it's more than that you know like I said I I can't even communicate well if I don't get enough sleep now and I imagine before I had my stroke and, and back when I was drinking, uh, I imagine the damage that I was doing to myself by not sleeping now. Now I can see it because it's so obvious to me now um, as I kind of stumble through the stroke recovery stuff and when I... When I don't get enough sleep and I stumble into a negative cycle of sleep, it's very difficult to reverse or break free once I'm in it. And um, I know that's the case for, you know, kids, my kids, (laughs) for example. You know, if you end up sleeping all until noon, um, I know from experience it's hard to break that because you just... I guess, uh, my husband and I were talking about today is so much easier to break a habit than it is to create a habit. Like it's so much easier to acquire a bad sleep schedule than it is to develop a good sleep schedule. It's, it's interesting. Um, But it's up to us to break that cycle. And that's precisely why I've been trying to shift mine on my own um, this week. So the truth is, I have lost a lot um, through my stroke and my battle with alcoholism. And the the cells that I have left in my brain are very precious to me. And I need to protect them. And sleep is essential to protect my brain. Um, It's essential to protect my garden to allow the flowers to grow. And um, so I think that it's important for us to commit to nurturing our mental gardens. And Give ourselves the rest that we need to grow these flowers instead of weeds. It's not just for people who are in recovery, but it's anyone, kids. Um, but for me, I need to, um, again, I need to preserve the the precious cognitive abilities that I have left. And focus on neuroplasticity. Focus on... Um, You know, it's almost like, you know, uh, giving the nutrients to the soil in order for me to um, be able to relearn things. If it's possible, I don't know if I can relearn whatever's going on with with my eyes. Um, But if I don't get enough sleep, I certainly can't. And I don't need to prune my garden right now <laughs> I need to nurture it so that uh, I can get things to grow and so I encourage you to look at your sleep patterns and if you find that you're cutting hours short consider what changes that you might be able to make um, your brain your garden will thank you for it um, I have a habit of each day looking back to yesterday and being like, oh, well, I didn't do it yesterday. I failed yesterday. What's the point? You know? But every day is a new opportunity to create a habit every day. Um, And it's a new opportunity to grow, to work on that neuroplasticity to heal and, and to get stronger. And yesterday is done. It doesn't matter what you did yesterday. If you did yesterday, what you wanted to do, then great. If you didn't, it doesn't matter anymore. It's gone. It's over. So do it today. You know, don't let yesterday's habits define today's and tomorrow's. So thank you for joining me today on the Recovery Daily Podcast. Get some sleep, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.